Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Well, hey, good morning or good afternoon, whatever time it is that you're tuning in and watching from. And I first off want to say happy 4th of July weekend to you. I hope you all had a blast yesterday. What did you do to celebrate the 4th of July? We were hanging out with some of our friends, the Dream Team, and it was a great time. But listen, I'm excited to get into our message for today. And here's what I would love for you to do. I would love for you to drop a few comments into the comments section and let us know where you are watching from. Come on. San Marcos, are you in the house? Escondido, Fallbrook, Oceanside. Vista. Come on, let us know wherever it is you are watching from. Do we got Washington in the house today? Come on, where's all my Washington State watchers at? It's always good to see you all tuning in to our live stream. Second thing that I want for you to do right now is to share the link to today's message and just share that on Facebook, share that on YouTube, but let someone know, hey, we're getting ready to jump into our message now. As we say here at Lighthouse, share the link and share the love. Share the link and share the love. Well, hey, listen, we are in this series that we are calling Above all. And in this series, we have read every miracle that Jesus performed here on earth. We do that because when we see what he did, we see who he is. When we see what Jesus did, we see who he is, and it should ignite our faith. It should light a fire on the inside of you. The same miracles that Jesus did 2,000 years ago, how many know that he still does them today? He is the God above all. And I want to take you to the next miracle that we're going to read about, and it's in the book of Luke, chapter 8, beginning at verse 40. We've got a few verses to read today. And uh, so join with me in Luke, chapter 8, verse 40. If you got it at home, shout amen. I hope you didn't scare your wife or your kids. All right. Goes as follows. On the other side of the lake, the crowds received Jesus with open arms because they had been waiting for him. And now a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell down at Jesus' feet. He began to beg him and said unto him, come home with me. His only child was dying, and she was a little girl who was 12 years old. So Jesus went with him, and he was surrounded by crowds. We're going to jump all the way to verse 49. Sandwiched in between those verses is the miracle that we talked about last Sunday when Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood. So if you missed it, go back and catch that message. I think it's really going to bless you. Let's go to verse 49. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from Jairus's home with the message, your little girl is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher. Now, what this guy was saying to Jairus is, leave Jesus alone. It's too late. Your daughter died. There's no sense in Jesus coming back to your house now. So let's just leave him alone. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just trust me. She will be all right. And then there's other passages of scripture reads as follows. Fear not, only believe. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. So when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go with him, wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, John, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people who were weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She is only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, get up, my child. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. 
Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought that the Lord put in my spirit that simply says, death to fear. Come on, let's pray one more time together. Father, we are so thankful for these moments that we've shared in our worship and even in our time of petition. We have felt you moving all throughout this service. And now, Lord God, we need you to move through the preaching of your word. Father, your word is already anointed. I just pray now that you would cover me with a grace that allows this message to, re to be received, Lord God, and not just to be heard, but that this message would be applied in our lives, Lord God. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And Father, we don't want to just be hearers of your word but we want to be doers of your word fill our space and our time together in jesus name we pray amen death to fear how many remember when you can actually believe what you heard on the news come on how's that for an introduction believe it or not there was a time when you can turn on the tv watch the news and actually believed what they were saying on the news i don't know if you remember that it seems like nowadays you can't believe anything that they're saying in the news there's actually a saying about the media and it goes like this if it bleeds it leads if it bleeds it leads come on how sad is that the reality is, is that media these days is all about putting the sensational story in front of you. The media is always trying to get you, uh, is always trying to grab your attention with a headline that sometimes is too good to be true, and in many cases it isn't even true. But that's what the media does. The media is putting any information in front of you to grab your attention, and one of the tools that they use is fear that they want to get your attention through fear. And it's so bad that when there is nothing scandalous to report about, the news will just make something up. That's why we have this hashtag called fake news. It didn't always exist before, but media is literally being made up because when there's nothing to report on, we'll just make something up. And that's just the world that we live in now. We live in a day and age where it doesn't matter what side of the political agenda you're on. If you're Republican or if you're Democrat, if you are a sensible and a rational person, you'll know that on both sides, there's fake news. On both sides, you can't believe everything that you read. You can't believe everything that you hear because the media's number one job is to get you to fear. They know if they can get you to fear, they can grab your attention. But fear is not a new thing. And what we see Jesus dealing with here in Luke chapter 8 is Jesus was dealing with fear. He looks at Jairus and says to him, don't be afraid. So I want to take that posture of fear and now dive into the text so that we can understand how Jesus dealt with fear. So when we catch up with Jesus here in Luke chapter 8, he has just returned back from the gatherings. Jesus went to the gatherings to heal a demon-possessed man. We talked about that two weeks ago. And when he healed this demon-possessed man, he makes his way back to Capernaum. Capernaum was his home base. It's where he based his ministry out of. And so when he gets back to Capernaum, the Bible says there's crowds there waiting for him. Everybody is waiting for this wonderful, miracle working teacher of the law, this rabbi to come back home again. Now there was a man that was in that crowd whose name is Jairus. Now Jairus is an important person. The Bible describes him as a leader 
of the synagogue. So think about this for a second. He knows Jesus well enough because that was Jesus's home church, if you will. Imagine that for a second, that Jesus called your synagogue his home church. But that's where he based his ministry out of, and he would leave Capernaum to go to Bethany. He would leave Capernaum to go to Galilee. He would leave Capernaum to go to Jerusalem, but Capernaum was his home base. So Jairus was very familiar with who Jesus is and what he was able to do because Jesus had been teaching in his synagogue. And so Jairus runs to Jesus, and the Bible says that when he gets to where he's at, the Greek language says that he throws himself to the feet of Jesus. He's pleading with him. He's saying, Jesus, would you please come to my house? Because my daughter, my only daughter, she is sick and she is about to die. Jesus, moved by sympathy and compassion, looks at Jairus and says, let's go. And so as he's going, he's still having to make his way through the crowds in order to get to Jairus' house. And as we mentioned a few moments ago, he is interrupted on his way to Jairus' house because there was a woman with an issue of blood who reached out, touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus healed her on his way to going to Jairus' house. Now, as great of a miracle as that was, it actually created just enough of a delay that the daughter died back at home waiting for Jesus to come. And so this servant in the household runs to where Jairus is and tells him, it's, it's too late, man. Your, your daughter's, she passed away. You, you didn't make it. I know you did the best you can, but Jesus didn't get there fast enough and she's dead now. And then this person had the audacity to tell him this, don't bother Jesus anymore. I mean, imagine if that was your daughter for a second. I'd be like, don't tell me not to do anything right now. But this servant had the gall to say, don't bother Jesus anymore. Don't, don't bother the teacher anymore. And it is upon hearing that, that Jesus looks over to Jairus and says to him, don't be afraid. Just trust me, she's going to be okay. And I like the way that it reads when Jesus looked at Jairus and says, fear not, says fear not, just believe. Now, here's the first point that I want to make as we unpack fear. And for those of you that are taking notes, write this down. And if you're not taking notes at home, good news, you're at home, get, get a pen, get some paper and write this down, okay? So here's the first thing that I want us to apply. Fear is not an option. Okay, Jesus looks at Jairus and says to him, hey, 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 fear, fear is not an option. And there's so much to that statement because what Jesus was basically saying is this. Look, if you want to cry, Jairus, go ahead and cry. You can do that. Jairus, if you want to be sad, go ahead and be sad. It's okay for you to do that. Jairus, if you want to get mad, if you want to get mad at me, you can be mad at me. That's okay. If you're confused, you can be confused. But this is one thing you can't do, Jairus. You cannot be afraid. Catch that for a second. You can have any emotion that you want. And as a matter of fact, in the scriptures, we read that we are to mourn when it is a time of mourning. We are to be sorrowful when there is time to be sorrow. And when it's time to be joyful, it's time to be joyful. But the Bible repeatedly tells us never fear. As a matter of fact, the Bible records that statement, fear not or do not fear, 80 times. Think about that for a second. 80 times the word of God says, do not fear. I got to thinking about that. Why does the Bible tell us not to fear as many times as it does? A simple Google search will give you the following explanation. Fear has lasting psychological and physical effects. 
Fear has lasting psychological and physical effects. Don't you just love it when the Bible is far ahead of what science and medicine figures out? Don't you just love it when the scriptures, which are ancient, are way ahead? So when Jesus was saying fear not, here's the reason why. Science has discovered that if you fear, your physical health can start to deteriorate. When you live in a state of fear, when you have prolonged fear, your immune system, the thing that keeps you from getting sick, your immune system starts shutting down. That's why he says, do not fear. When you live in a state of fear, your memory becomes impaired. All of a sudden, all the memories that you've lived with, when you live in a constant state of fear, you don't have good memories anymore. Your memories are impaired and you only look back at your past with regret. You look back at your past with disappointment and you look back now projecting towards the future that I've got no reason to be happy because I am in a constant state of fear. Fear will cause your brain to not process the way that it should process. It's going to impair your decision-making ability because when you're in a constant state of fear, you're never going to do anything that would get you out of the house and maybe having a good time because you're constantly living in fear. And they've studied the mental health effects of fear. You can live with PTSD, like as if you have gone to a war because you allowed fear to get a hold of you. And this is why I believe Jesus repeatedly said, do not Fear. You can feel all kinds of things as believers, but one thing that you cannot fear is one thing that you cannot feel is fear. Jesus looks at Jair and says, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You cannot allow fear to get a hold of you. Fear will rob you of your peace, and fear will rob you of your joy. And, and, and knowing this, Jesus looks at him and says, You cannot fear. If there's one thing I won't let you to do, I won't let you do is I won't let you be afraid. And here's another reason why you can't be afraid. Write this down. Fear will cause you to bury things that God isn't done with yet. Fear will cause you to bury things that God isn't done with yet. Yet, they said it's not even worth it for Jesus to come into the room because your daughter's already dead. She was dead and they were getting ready to bury her. And, and, and fear will do that to you. When you live in a state of fear, you will give up on things before God has given up on things. You will abandon dreams and you will abandon goals before God has abandoned those goals and before God has abandoned those dreams. There's some people watching online that you had so many goals for 2020. 2020 was going to be the best year for you and you put everything on hold because of a virus and you've allowed fear to step in. I'm here to tell you that don't you should not stop the things that God has not done with yet. Don't bury the things that God has not given up on yet. And imagine that for a second. When this person told Jairus said and when he told him, "Don't bother Jesus anymore." I can imagine Jesus knowing full well who he is, knowing that he's got resurrection power on the inside of him, knowing that he's got miracle working power on the inside of him. He looks at that servant with compassion, but probably looking at him with the thought, do you even know who I am? If I'm not done with the girl, don't give up on the girl. And I can hear him saying to you that are watching online, if God's not done with your dream, don't be done with the dream. If God's not done with your purpose, don't you abandon your purpose because God is not done 
done yet. And Jesus is looking at this servant, probably thinking to himself, listen, as, as long as Jairus has me, there is still hope. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. As long as you've got Jesus, you still have hope. Come on, you better put some clapping hands and fire emojis on that. If you still got Jesus, you still have hope. So Jesus told Jairus, don't fear, just believe. Because what belief will cause you to do is it'll cause you to stop looking through your physical eyes and start looking through your spiritual eyes. And when you look at things through your spiritual eyes, you are looking at things through the lens of Jesus's eyes. You are literally seeing things the way that God sees things. And there's too many of us that have looked at our situation and, and we look at our disappointment and we look at our mistakes and we look at our setbacks and we look at this pandemic that we're living through and we look at the crisis that we're living to and, and, and we give up on God. We give up on his purpose for us and we give up on his plan for us. And I'm here to tell you right now that you cannot give up on something that God has not given up on. So don't abandon your school just yet. Don't abandon education just yet. Don't abandon that career just yet. Don't put that dream on the shelf just yet because you might be going through a pandemic, but in God's eyes, he sees a process. In God's eyes, he sees you being prepared. He sees your grit being strengthened. He sees your tenacity growing. He sees your patience enduring. And he's seen someone who's going to come out of this stronger than the way that they walked into it don't give up on what God hasn't given up on yet but what happens is too many times we give up on God's best plan for us because of fear I've seen so many people give up on God's best plan for them because of fear. Now, I'm not saying they ended their life. I'm not saying that, um, that, that they weren't able to, to still move forward and be a productive member of society. But I've, I've seen so many people abandon God's best for them out of fear. I've seen so many people abandon God's purpose for them out of fear. I've seen so many people afraid to go to where God's purpose was because usually God's purpose for your life is, it's, is outside of your comfort zone. I don't know if you know that, but typically the thing that God is trying to do in your life is not within your comfort zone. He will always call you to the place that's uncomfortable. He will always cause you, call you into the space that is going to stretch you. He will always call you into the space that will test you. But if you allow fear to get a hold of your heart, you'll never run into those spaces. And you'll never allow God to do the stretching. And you'll never allow God to do the testing that he needs to do in order to raise you up for the purpose that he has for your life. So if you're watching right now wondering, well, what do I do, pastor? I feel like I'm living with fear. How do I overcome fear? It's just this simple. You can write this down. This is my last point. Love is the antidote to fear. Love is the antidote to fear. That's why Jesus looked at Jairus and said, I can't have you getting fearful because I need you to stay high on love. And, and, and love, the Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. So, so fear is the antidote of love. Look at what happened. Jesus, Jesus walks into the house and when he walks into the house, the Bible says that the mourners arrived and the mourning had begun and they began to mock Jesus because Jesus said that this little girl was just asleep and they were like, man, he might be many things. He may be a miracle worker and he might know how to teach the law really good, but clearly he's confused because this girl ain't sleeping. 
She's dead. And so they mocked Jesus. And here's what Jesus did. Jesus kicked everyone out of the house. And I love that about him. He said, just give me Peter, James, and John, and give me the mom and dad, and I want the rest of you to leave the house. Jesus took five people. Five people. Peter, James, and John. Do you want to know what Peter, James, and John represent? They represent people of faith. Okay? If if you are going to move forward in life, you have got to surround yourself with people of faith. Peter, James, and John, people of faith. And then he said, give me the mother and the, and the father. Why? Because they are people of love. They love their daughter. Listen, if you want to accomplish anything in the kingdom of God, you got to have people that love you, and you got to have people of faith. Everyone else, you can kick them all out, <laughs> especially the people that doubt you, especially the people that criticize you, especially the people that don't believe in you, especially the people that talk about you. Listen, not everyone is going to go with you to the place that God is calling you. I've learned that a long time ago. I've had a lot of friends that I've had to leave behind because they weren't able to go with me to the place that God was calling me to. But here's what I need to do. I knew to take people of faith and I knew to take people of love with me because love casts out fear. And if Jairus had allowed fear to grip his heart, then there would be no love because fear and love can't exist in the same space. That's why he said, don't be afraid. And so the antidote of fear is not necessarily faith. It's it's, it's actually love. Well, pastor, where do I go to love? I've got great news for you. The Bible says that God is the source of love. He is the perfect he, he is love personified. Love perfected is Jesus. As I come to a close now, you, you, you've got to get to a place where you begin to get closer and closer to who he is because God is love. Because he is love and because love is the antidote to fear. What you have got to do is you have got to learn to overcome fear by spending more time with your heavenly father. I'm going to say that again. The way that you will grow in love is to spend more time with your heavenly father. You have got to spend more time in his word. You have got to spend more time learning about him. You have got to spend more time becoming like him. You have got to spend more time in his presence. When you are in his presence, you are transformed. When you are in his presence, you begin to feel his overwhelming love. When you're in his presence, all of the doubt and all of the fear and all of the negativity and all of the things that have come to stop you have to fade away. All of those things pale into com- in the comparison of who he is. And, and they, they aren't allowed to go with you into his presence. So my advice to you that is watching online, my advice to you that is listening right now, if you're saying, Pastor, I, I'm just living with fear. How, how do I overcome that? You've got to get into his presence. You have got to lock the door on negativity. You have got to lock the door on those that are not for you. You have got to shut the door on people that don't believe in you. Get around people of faith and get around people of love and just lean into the presence of God. You have got to lean into the presence. You have, got to, you have got to sit at his feet and behold who he is in your life. And when you do that, fear will start to decrease as love will begin to increase in your life. I want to pray with you that are watching online right now. There's some of you that are watching and, and you've been, you've been just, just struggling right now. So some of you, 
This has been very difficult for you to walk through this pandemic. You've been struggling with all kinds of fear because you've never done anything like this. And listen, nobody has. It's been over 100 years since we've had to walk through anything like this. And everyone processes it differently. I know some of you extroverts are dying while some of you introverts are living your best life on quarantine. But there are some people that are really being affected by fear. And I want to pray with you right now. And it may not just be this quarantine. It might be other things. Maybe it's, it's, it's triggered some things in your life where you're constantly living in this fear that you're going to lose your job. Or you're constantly living, living in this fear where something is going to go wrong. Fear has grabbed a hold of you. And I'm going to pray with you right now. And I'm going to believe that the grips and the bondage and the chains of fear will break right now up under the weight of God's glory. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now... I- If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.